Impact 89 FM's own golf podcast. This is The Long Drive. Welcome into The Long Drive. We are broadcasting virtually for the summer as we are at home and away from the Impact 89 FM studios on the campus of Michigan State University. I'm your host, Grace Goodlerick. I'm joined tonight by my co-hosts, Jack Latterman and Tim Marshall. We are coming to you live uh, Wednesday night, the night before, uh, Wednesday night, July 19th, the night before the 151st Open Championship will commence at uh, Royal Liverpool in Hoylake, England. How are we feeling tonight, boys? We got another major this week. Yeah, very excited. I've always loved the Open, waking up early or staying up all night to watch. Weather looks interesting. Um, I think it's going to be, it's going to take a lot of really, really strong um, golf and it's going to be tough, which I love to watch. So I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good too. Like Jack said, waking up early should be exciting. Uh, I am hoping for better coverage from NBC this week. They've been bad recently in majors, uh, but it should be a good week. Should be very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. It's always fun to get to watch traditional Lynx golf because, you know, we see a lot of country club type layouts and we see a lot of sort of American-esque layouts, obviously watching golf here in the States and the PGA Tour predominantly. So getting to watch a totally different type of golf in a totally different part of the world is always fun. So we'll just go ahead and get right into it. Quick recap of what happened on the LPGA Tour this last week. It was Lynn Grant winning at minus 21 at the Dana Open in Sylvania, Ohio. Obviously, uh, the score minus 21. She finished uh, three shots ahead of American Allison Corpez and six shots ahead of American Lindy Duncan. This week on the PGA, or the LPGA Tour, excuse me, coming to uh, Michigan, my home state. Obviously, we were Michigan State students, so home game here uh, sort of this week for the Dow Great Lakes Bay Invitational at the Midland Country Club in Midland, Michigan. So we're going to go ahead and skip the few bits of news. Um, There's not really much besides uh, what happened last week with the PGA Tour Live Golf Senate Committee hearing. Uh, Some interesting takes coming out of that from both uh, the Live Golf side, the PGA Tour side, and from the Senate Uh, committees obviously so that's going to be very interesting to keep an eye on when we have a little bit more time to talk about that we will but for now we're just going to get right into a recap of what happened this last week on the PGA Tour it was the Genesis Scottish Open uh, one of those combined events featuring half of the field from the DP World Tour and half the field from the PGA Tour really cool thing that they've started doing with the so-called strategic alliance that they signed back in I believe late 2020. So Rory McIlroy winning that tournament, obviously having to birdie 17 and 18 to win over uh, native uh, Scottish homeboy, uh, Robert McIntyre looking for a potential European Ryder Cup spot. So what did you guys think about this last week? It was really exciting. I thought on Sunday, I was a little bit wary that it was going to be boring and Rory was just going to run away. And especially early, early in the morning, people were not playing well. Um, I very little under par scores. And then out of nowhere, Bobby Mack just came flying in and almost stole it away from Rory. So I think it was great that Rory won. It was kind of a two man fight. Scotty going even on his last round, kind of put himself out of it. Fleetwood was up there and kind of melted a bit. So I think 
it was exciting that McIntyre was up there to at least make it a two dog fight. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, it's great to see Rory win. He's, he's been struggling a bit on Sundays. So to see him come back and win that one was exciting. Yeah. I mean, that was probably one of the better finishes we've had in a, in a while, I think. I mean, yeah. I mean, where someone really came, it's been, I feel like there's been some finishes where people have crumbled at the end, but there haven't been a lot of finishes where you, they hit the, um, the winning putt. I mean, we saw Ricky do it. That was in a playoff, but like, just kind of back, like worry at the birdie, those last two holes, those are not easy holes. Saw a lot yeah. of doubles on 18. And he just he's the flight he had on that iron shot into the green was just it was so clutch. It was something that you don't see a lot of from Rory, but definitely saw it this week. Yeah. And I mean, along the same lines as that Robert McIntyre's second shot into 18. I mean, this was a beast of a part four all week. Like they're hitting driver five wood in. Like it was playing a good, it was playing probably around 500 ish yards, I think, all week. A beast of a par five or par four, excuse me. So you got guys like Rory who's hitting four or five iron, whatever, into the screen. Robert McIntyre pulled a five wood after he uh, pushed his drive right or pushed his drive left. He's a lefty, obviously, and he makes a miraculous shot. Makes birdie on 18. He's in the playoff contention. And then Rory just kind of comes from behind. But, yeah, you're right, Jack. It was looking back at the end of the third round, it was his tournament to lose. Like, you just – it was his tournament to lose for sure. And he lost it. And then he won it back. But I yeah, mean, he had yeah. it lost for a couple minutes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was – what, I think at one point, Robert McIntyre had like a two-shot lead maybe. Coming down the stretch on the back nine. Yep. Yeah. So, obviously, congratulations to Rory McIlroy. He's a super popular pick this week as we transition to the 151st Open Championship, obviously taking place at Royal Liverpool. The last time it was there, the reason that I say he is a popular pick this week is because the last time it was there, contested in 2014, he was the winner. So, Rory McIlroy, obviously – Hot on everybody's radar this week. So let's get into it, kind of breaking down the course. So Royal Liverpool, par 71, revamped from par 72 in 2014, playing about 7350-ish, 7,3, yards, depending on where the tees are for the day. What do we have on the course set up? In general, it's going to be out of bounds is in play very often. Yeah. It's going to be pretty treacherous i would say especially if the wind and rain comes which it looks like it's going to for friday saturday sunday distance really matters and um power accuracy really matters too so yeah it's going to be it's going to be interesting driving off the tee is going to be very important yeah being able to play like little I mean, yeah, you got to just nuke it off the tee, obviously, because Lynx golf is an entirely different animal than playing your typical like country club setup or what these guys play week in and week out on the PGA Tour. Because, I mean, you can get a hell of a lot of run out with these fairways. I mean, you see guys hit drives 350, 375 on Lynx courses all the time. But then figuring out how to play that second shot is a totally different animal than figuring out how to play a second shot in any course here in the States. So, yeah. 
I just Lynx Golf is just something. It's something else, you know. Just beautiful, beautiful views. I'm looking at the course right now. Long fescue. Fescue could be an issue. Hitting yeah. a ball and a, a maybe pull it a little left. Think it's fine, but there's no spotters there, and then then you're re-teeing because you just lose it in that long grass. I mean, that that could definitely be an issue this week. And then the wind is probably the biggest factor, especially with these opens. If it's if it's down, which is not looking like it will be, but like if there's only five to ten mile per hour winds, this could be a very gettable course. But we're I think we're looking at anywhere from fifteen to thirty, which can make it a lot harder. So I think wind is definitely a huge factor. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. The weather is maybe the weather maybe is going to impact the players more this week than I think the course setup will. Would you agree with that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's very dependent on the wind. I mean, we could see, we were talking about winning scores. It could be 15 or it could be five, depending on what the wind does. Right, yeah, because, I mean, in 2014, we just looked it up before we came on here. Rory McIlroy won the tournament 17 under. Ricky Fowler finishes, I believe, in second, 15 under. So, like, these guys went pretty low here. For considering a major championship score-wise, these guys went pretty low in 2014. This could be the total polar opposite because there's a lot of different, like there's a lot of changes to the course setup. The weather's going to be a total beast all week. Like you're playing in, like you said, Tim, you're playing in 25, 30 mile an hour winds. You're playing in rain. I mean, you're on the West coast of England aside from the East coast where you, maybe you don't see that much like westerly prevailing wind. So I don't know. It, it's going to be super tough. Obviously it's the open. It's, I mean, not probably not as hard as the U S open to win, but it is still a major championship. So with that, just going in line, there's obviously a lot of storylines to watch for this week. There always is. It's a major championship. So kind of just going down the list here on ESPN.com as it is listed in the article, there's obviously a strong live golf contingent playing this week. The defending champion Cam Smith winning 150th edition last year at St. Andrews, the old course. So I guess who, who's going to have the better week here? Like, is this, is this a live players tournament to lose? Is this Cam Smith? Like we could see Cam Smith defend for the first time since Podrick Harrington, 2007, 2008. Like, is this his tournament to lose or the live contingents tournament to lose? This could bite me saying this, but to me, there's not a live player that I think could win this tournament. Um, I think Brooks could win this tournament. Um, but I just don't think this fits him super well. And I think DJ, this fits him a little bit. But to me, Cam Smith off the tee does not have what it takes here. Um, and I just think there's so many, so many guys that I would put above every single one of these live guys, the only live guy I'm playing is Neiman this week. And again, I mean, DJ Brooks, Cam Smith, these are some very, very talented golfers and they could prove me wrong very, very quickly. Um, but right now, if I'm sitting here, I'm taking a lot of, a lot of PGA guys over even Brooks and DJ. I I'm still skeptical of the, uh, some of these live guys, you know, we definitely saw it at Augusta and then we, so I feel like Brooks is almost – he's almost been the exception of the live guys. There hasn't been other guys that have been in contention in even two of the three uh, majors, if we look at it, besides Brooks. So I don't know if it's more – I think 
saying more about Liv, there hasn't been another guy that's even – has there been another guy who's had a lead in a major besides Brooks? Phil uh, was up there in Masters, but he wasn't leading. Yeah, Phil. Right. And that was like a – that was kind of – I mean, if we want to look back at that, that was a little fluky if it was just – it was really just Sunday where he pulled together a nice right. round. Yeah. And I When he went out early. For a short period of time on Thursday, DJ was leading the PGA – as well as the U.S. Open. But obviously, he, I mean, I think he finished top 10 in both, but he's been the only other player of note besides Brooks Kepka that has really kind of uplifted the argument of, yeah, the live guys are still legit professional golfers that can yeah, play. They def- I, yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying maybe they're not as I, – I wouldn't put them – in the same tier if you go oh, like yeah. I, camp smith hasn't been great i i think there could be one or two that contend but there won't be it won't be like a flooded leaderboard where five right. of the top yeah. guys are in it yeah exactly like cam smith i think has won two of like the last three live golf events or something he like is that. playing i think he is in great form yep. he's on the yeah he's on top of the live golf world right now which obviously is minuscule compared to that of the world of the pga tour because i mean Think about it. Yeah, he's always won two of the last three live golf events. Correct. He's played 54 holes in each. And these fields are not nearly as loaded as anything you're going to see week in and week out on the PGA Tour. So, like, the competition level does bother me of, like, what you've seen in these live fields. So, it's going to be really interesting to see, obviously, a defending champion is a guy that defected live, signed the $100 million contract, like, two weeks after he won the Open Championship last year. So it's going to be super interesting. The other storyline of note is obviously the weather. We talk a lot about that. So it it lists here Thursday's uh, opening round is going to call for cloudy skies. There's a small chance of showers. I mean, the temperatures anywhere, like you're going to see guys pretty bumbled up with umbrellas all week. It's going to be upper 50s to maybe mid 60s all week. But after Thursday, it's going to kind of be the golf gods are going to kind of give you guys a little bit of a taste of, yeah, you can go out and shoot, low, like post a score on Thursday because it's going to just get increasingly worse over the weekend, right? Yeah, I think it's going to take a good score Thursday to really do well. And I think also we could see a first round leader at minus six and they could shoot eight over on Friday. Uh, I mean, the weather could turn, and if it's somebody that can't handle it, I wouldn't be shocked if if there's some real movement. I think I think Friday is going to be a day that is going to be real telling about who's going to compete and who's who's kind of fluked a front a first round um, good score and can't handle the wind. So I think Friday is going to be the day that really shows what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I I hope we don't get one of those. The last couple of majors we we've also seen the kind of first half first grouping second grouping splits where there's been a huge advantage depending on when you tee off and i feel like that's a really tough thing because you you don't want to see the contenders be determined by what time they go off at you want to you want it to be a level playing field so i I hope that that could be hopefully it's not a big difference like morning afternoon kind of deal right yeah because like you can get like I don't know. Yeah, I I don't think it really will be this week because, I mean, the weather here, the weather 
that you're going to see in the United Kingdom, whatever, Great Britain, in this area of the world is going to be very consistent throughout the day. It's not like you're going to get like just light showers in the afternoon or whatever. Like, excuse me, it's either going to rain all day or it's not. That's the type of thing I feel like you're going to get. So I feel like, yeah, with a small shower listed on Thursday, I mean, it's going to be pretty crappy weather, like temperature wise all day. It's probably going to rain all day, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, excuse me. So I feel like there's probably not going to be much of a wave advantage because, I mean, regardless of when you play, I feel like the wind is still going to be blowing a consistent rate to where it's going to dry the golf course out as the day goes on probably. So I don't know. It's going to be really interesting to see, obviously. So those are just some of the big storylines that we are covering here as we head into the 151st Open. We're now going to get into some of the featured groups of which there are obviously some star-studded pairings. So we'll get into those right now. So round one off at 9.59 a.m. Eastern time over here uh, is defending, well, not defending champion, champion from last week as well as champion from 2014 at the Open, Rory McIlroy paired with John Rahm, as well as an interesting uh, third man for this group, Justin Rose, played pretty historically well at the open, obviously being from England. So he knows his way around a good links course. So who do you guys like coming out of this group? So I'm going to talk about Rose here. Cause I know Tim um, is really high on Rom and Rory is Rory. He obviously is probably the most bet I would think player this week, um, just with it being in England, which he calls his kind of his second home and um, coming off of last week, but Rose has been cold. I, he had two or three months of just excellent making every cut in top 20s week after week, missed the cut at the U S open and last week, Genesis, Genesis Scottish open. So he's been pretty cold, but like you said, he's real, real good at the open um, in the past and he's from his hometown. So I really like Rose this week to come back a bit. Um, I think he's going to be less popular this week with everybody kind of looking at his past results and thinking what is going on, but stats wise too, it fits him well. I think Rose could be, be real interesting and i think he could backdoor top 10 or top five pretty i could totally see that happening yeah and I, from this group i love rom i think even though he hasn't been as hot recently i love the value on him plus 1300 that's basically double what you could get for rom and scotty and i still consider them in the same tier so if you can get rom and or if you can get a guy like Rom for plus 600 more than you would get Rory or Scotty. I think that's honestly like an automatic. You got to take it. Like it's the value is just too good to pass up. He's a guy who's won two majors playing tough, tough weather. I think it, it won't be, he's from Europe. It's not as big of a culture shock going over there for the week. Uh, he's a veteran guy. I think this could be a, a big week for him. Yeah, you bring up a good point. Like, he's from Europe. Uh, he he's won on the DP World Tour, however many times, probably more than any other PGA Tour currently right now. Um, so yeah, he he really knows his way around some good European golf courses. But I love Rory this week. Um, I'm probably gonna sound like an idiot if, especially if he just misses a cut, which I feel he could just go out and miss a cut this week after. Uh, he's he's playing. 
he's had a hell of a couple months. He feels like he's as close as he's ever been uh, to winning that fifth major. Obviously, the last major that he won was the 2014 PGA, uh, which was his last of four. So he's, I feel like, trending in the right direction in order to win the major. I'm not saying he's going to win this week. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I really like him this week. You bring up the good value with John Rahm. I like plus 1,300 for him, too. So he's interesting. Justin Rose. Plays well at the open. It's a great group. Off round one, 9.48 a.m. Eastern time. Victor Hovland paired with Tony Finau and Justin Thomas. Uh, really interesting grouping here. Who do you guys like out of this group? I'm real high on both Finau and Hovland. Finau has been a, a choker when it comes to big moments, so he's a little bit um, terrifying, but stats-wise just fits the course so well. Hovland, I think, could win. I seriously think he can. I think his approach, but especially his off the tee really works out. And the creativity is something we really, really haven't talked about much um, around the greens is I think going to be really important. I think it would be a huge step for Hovland, but I think it's a step that could, could possibly happen. And I'm really high on him this week. Yeah. I mean, if we look at last year, Hovland was in the final pairing on the, uh, on Sunday. And I think if he plays, like he did last year, you'd have a really good shot. I also I want to know what's going on with Justin Thomas because he has not been the same guy this year. I really want to see him come back to form because he's probably like when he's in contention, he's probably like a top five guy that you just you want to see play. The way he can shape the ball, hit it low, that fits here. But I, I just want to see him because when he's going well, it's it's very fun to watch. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, and I echo those same sentiment, sentiments about Justin Thomas because this season, the entire season, he's seemed like a shell of his former self. He's I, he probably he won't because of the way it's structured, but he has not played this year. He has played golf this year, like he could potentially drop out of the top fifty in the world. He won't because that's not how the OWGR is structured. Um, he's still going to be a top twenty player in the world, and when he's on, he is a top five player in the world. But he just has not played the golf this this year at all. I don't think he's going to be able to turn around this week, really. He didn't last week on the same type of course. I like Finau this week. I think Victor Hovland could win it. So a really interesting group here. Off round one, 10, 10 a.m. Eastern time, 2021 champion at Royal St. George's. Callum Morikawa paired with uh, Max Homa and Tyrrell Hatton, another guy from England with a lot of the local knowledge about to uh, links courses so who, who do you guys like um i love hatton and i like morikawa that's what i would say i, I really like morikawa's long irons and i think that's going to matter here it's going to be some some long part fours and fives that are really those are the scoreable holes i think in general the part threes are going to be sort of survive and get to the four and fives um and i think morikawa's irons are so good but man he cannot putt he just has not been able to hit a putt so it's always scary to take him hatton is is one that, like you said, with the Lynx courses that I'm really excited about. I would not be surprised to see him compete to win it. But with that being said, it's going to be tough. And we all know Hatton's got a little bit of a, a little bit of a mental, I don't know what the word is. He breaks down a lot. So I'm a little worried that he he kind of bogeys a hole or two and it gets the better of him. And before he knows it, he's five over. Um, but at the same time, I think Hatton really fits well and it's his home course it's his home home country so it's interesting this group i think is really exciting 
Yeah, real quick. That's the only thing that bothers me about Tyrrell Hatton because I would absolutely play him a million, like a thousand percent this week if I wasn't worried because we saw the same thing happen at the PGA. I think he was paired with, uh, I believe, DJ, maybe Waki Neiman or someone like that at the PGA the first two rounds, whoever it was, the third guy, I can't remember. Uh, and he was like six over through seven holes on Thursday because he just got in his own head. So that's the unfortunate part about Terrell Hatton. But anyway, go ahead, Tim. Uh, yeah, uh, like Jack was saying, this is a fun group. I, I don't remember who said it, but I heard someone soundbite out of this group saying this is the best group they um, ever wanted to play with, or like this is the most fun group they've ever had. Um, I The only thing is like this, we're getting to a, a real sticking point with Max Homo where it's like, when are you going to do anything in a major? Like, it's been enough time where he's been a top 10 player in the world where we need to see at least a little life when it comes to the majors from him. Yeah, I mean, he's not even close to, like, cracking. No, it's... Any, like, top 10, 15, 20, like, he either misses the cut, which is more than likely to happen, or else he finishes, like, T54 or whatever. like. It's yeah, you're you're really you're right on about that. About in order to be considered the top five player in the world, which I believe he is, he's either like five or six right now in the official world golf rankings. He's not a major caliber player though. Like sitting right here right now, I don't think I can truthfully say Max Homa can go out and win this week. I don't think I can say that. So I don't know. I feel like we got to see more out of him. Yeah, but he's falling to eight. Yeah. yeah. He's Round like Finau, though. I, I think they're in the same category when it comes to majors, yeah. but I trust yeah. Finau more than I trust Homo. Yeah. Yeah. Finau has been in contention a couple of times. Like the Masters a couple of years ago when he had that ankle thing, he was in contention. It's been a couple more times, but with, with Homo, it's been nothing. Yep. Yeah. Max Homo just he doesn't produce when it comes to major championships. So interesting storyline there. Round one, 447 a.m. Eastern time. Really cool group here. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, one of the odds-on favorites to win this week at plus 750, paired with Tommy Fleetwood, guy from England, a lot of course knowledge, uh, as well as just all-time stalwart on every single course that you could possibly play, played in a million opens. He's finished well in all of those. Uh, Adam Scott, round one, 4.47 a.m. Eastern time. Who do you guys like out of this group? This group's a little bit strange to me, not necessarily in a bad way, but I just feel like it's kind of a random, a random pairing to put Scotty with. Um, but in general, I'm I'm off Adam Scott. He's just been really hot or cold lately. And when he's hot, he's top 10. When he's cold, he's missing cuts, which is a little scary for me. Fleetwood, I think, is interesting. I'm really high on on all these uh European guys, especially these English guys in the wind, links courses, tough everything. Fleetwood does everything pretty solid. He doesn't have really any gaps besides the fact that he he kind of cannot f- finish a tournament. But he's got a good ball flight for playing links courses too. Yep, yep. And his approach is good. His long irons off the tee, he's good enough. I think he's long enough. I I think he has what it takes. I don't think Fleetwood wins this week, but I would confidently say he can top five. Yeah, Fleetwood played uh, very well last week. I think. He definitely has what it takes to win a tournament like this. He thrives in uh, tough environments, I believe. 
And uh, I think between him and Scotty, it, it'll be a very good uh, ball flight display, just the way they hit it, hit it low, uh, hit it hard. I think that's a big, big deal with uh, these types of events. And I think, I think, I mean, Scotty at minus 140 is, that might be one of the easiest top 10. It's top 10, he's minus 140. I think that's, that might be uh, the lock of the century. I feel like he, oh, yeah. just every event, it's. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't finished outside the top 12 since like October of last year, I believe. Yeah, I believe, I think he finished, he finished fourth or fifth uh, at the Scottish. I don't remember what it was, yeah. but I think he, he I took did. home around 500 grand. And I think it, it lowered his average for the year on what he yeah. makes per event. Yeah, if yeah, I, I'm I'm pretty sure the stat is he hasn't finished outside the top twelve since like October of last year. So you're talking eight nine months Wild. at least, yeah. which is incredible. So yeah, really cool group there. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I Tommy Fleetwood. I think he's got a lot. Of, the The local course knowledge this week, not necessarily the course itself, but the local knowledge, being from England, being like able to maneuver your way around the links course is really going to come in handy this week. So Tommy Fleetwood, watch out for him. Last one that we will go ahead and cover 2017 champion at Royal Birkdale, Jordan Spieth going off round one, 403 AM Eastern time paired with Matt Fitzpatrick, as well as Jason day. So who do you guys like out of this group? Um, a couple, couple tournaments ago. I remember saying on this, I don't know why, but I love Spieth this week. Spieth is in atrocious form. Spieth just doesn't look right. But it's the open, and he has never missed a cut. I believe he's top 25 to, like, five straight opens or something like that. Yep, six straight top 25s at the open. So I'm on speed. His accuracy is not really there off the tee. It's a little bit worrisome. Um, and I'm on Fitzpatrick, too. The other, the only thing that worries me about Fitzpatrick is the same thing off the tee. He sprays it a bit, and it, there's a lot of OB real close. There was a uh, picture on Instagram it's about six, less than six feet, I think, um, off the fairway was out of bounds. So that could be real interesting, but yeah. Yeah, I think when you look at all three of these guys and you said, oh, this tournament would have been played in around March, I think you would have liked this parent, this group a lot better. But since then, a lot of these guys have kind of tailed off. Uh, I mean, we had Spieth in... Fitzpatrick in that playoff at uh, Heritage, uh, RBC Heritage. And I think Day had that win, and he's been very quiet since, even though he was great. You were very high on him when we were back in Michigan. Um, I think looking at this group, there's no one that really stands out. I think Fitzpatrick has the cool story with his brother. So I'll go with Fitzpatrick this week. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you have to do Jordan Spieth justice in this group and take him. Because, yeah, I mean, aside from him winning the RBC Heritage, aside from Jason Day winning the Byron Nelson, uh, and Jordan Spieth really not – Jordan Spieth making the playoff at the Heritage, these guys have done absolutely nothing substantial so far this season. So I feel like this is a make-or-break week, but not necessarily make-or-break week but this is a week to 
start to trend upwards into the playoffs for these three guys. I feel like, and I don't think I, any of these guys can go out and win. Uh, Jordan Spieth has the best chance out of this group by far uh, of any of these guys to go out and win maybe, but this is a good chance for all three of these guys to start to trend in the right direction as we approach the playoffs, which are coming up very, very soon. So this is a really valuable week for all three of these guys. So that wraps us up talking about the featured groups for the 151st open championship that moves us to our one and done whenever the last time we did it was, I cannot remember. Um, Jack sitting in second place uh, with $5,191,000 total. Uh, Tim in last with uh, $3,731,353 total. Nick, uh, $3,853,676 total. I am still leading. Seven million fifteen thousand thirty dollars total. So this week, who do we have for our one and done picks? Yeah, this could be real stupid, but uh, I have Scotty left, and the more I had him originally, and the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to play him in the playoffs. So I'm going down the board, uh, looking at Corey Connors, who I think is it's definitely a risky one, um, but I think this course fits him really well. He's been playing playing really, really good golf, amazing off the tee, and tee to green with his irons has been good. He's lost strokes putting in six straight events, and he's top 25, four out of those six. So if he can, can find his putter, I feel really good about him. Um, yeah, I think it's a little bit of a shaky one compared to a lot of the names that we're going to pick, but um, I could see Corey Connors with a top 10 here would be big for me. I, I'm obviously we said you heard me say earlier about Rom. I just I love him this week, and I haven't used him yet. I feel like this is a good spot. Obviously, major. You want to use a guy who's at that top tier player. I think he just it, it will remind me a lot of Augusta if he, he we see him there on Sunday morning in the lead. Everyone's like, oh yeah, that's John Rom. He's one of the best players in the world. He definitely should be up there. So. Yeah, I'm going with Ron this week. Yeah, I I like that pick, and I feel like I should be a lot more. I, I feel like I, I should be a lot more sensible about this pick, but I'm just diving right in and hopping right on the Rory McIlroy bandwagon this week. I love him. Coming off the win last week, uh, he's won twice on tour this year, the CJ Cup in South Carolina. But listen to these last six tournaments: T7. PGA, T7 Memorial, T9 RBC, two U.S. Open, T7 Travelers, one Genesis. Uh, I I feel like this is this is the week. Like he's if it, he I feel like this week coming into the Open Championship, he will never get this close again to winning another major championship. So this is the week to do it for Rory right here. So I'm taking him this week. So. That leads us to our three guys to make the cut and our mortal lock of the week. One guy to finish in the top 10. Who do we have? Uh, to make the cut, I'm starting with Siwoo Kim, who's one of my favorite golfers. Hits fairways, not very long, but does everything else really well. Um, second, I'm going Denny McCarthy, who has never played in an open championship, but I also think could really make a difference here. And if he putts well, could could make a splash. Um, 
he is good at hitting fairways and his approach is good enough. I think if he hits some putts, it's going to be really interesting. And I had to pick one um, sort of down the board guy. I'm going with Ewan Ferguson, who had a really good week last week. He is from Scotland. I like that. Um, and he's just he's just been playing well. And he's he's played in a lot of opens. He's experienced and he knows how to play Lynx golf. That was sort of the thought process there. Um, and then to top 10, I'm going with Neiman. Like I said earlier, he is the only live golfer that I am playing this week. I have played him in every single major, big Neiman guy. Um, and I just think that he's real good off the tee and could could hit enough fairways and set himself up well enough to top 10. Uh, this week, I got Minwoo Lee. I think he could be a uh, – I saw – honestly, I'm, I'm going to be straightforward with you guys. The reason I picked him, I saw a TikTok edit of him that he put out and it just it had, he had good vibes that's He's a funny that's guy. one of the things if you're a this is a message to all pga tour players which i doubt any of them are listening if you put out a very cool edit before the week of yourself practicing i am more i'd say there's an 80 percent chance i i throw a wager on you for the week that's just it's it's not based on science or statistics it's just it's purely based on vibes, and I, I that's that's the kind of stuff I like. So I'm going with him, going with Sepp Strzok with my guy, and then um, Seamus Power, um, the Irishman. And then I'm going with another Irishman to top 10, Shane Lowry. I mean, he won this thing only four years ago, kind of similar uh, conditions, just very brutal, windy, rainy. He's been up and down this year, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was in contention this week. Yeah, um, a- absolutely. You know, back to like your the, the little off-topic edit thing. A guy that puts out some great edits, even though he's not playing this week, unfortunately, my boy Kevin Kisner. Uh, he he does oh, some yeah. great edits right before tournaments, just kind of little sound cuts of some great songs. Uh, Brooks Kepka's done some good ones. Uh, so yeah, guys that do that, it's just I feel like it brings a good vibe to bring like the tournament. yeah. Those guys are like. Underrated one is Fitzy. Fitzy brings the heat with the edits. Yeah. Matt Fitzpatrick, yeah, he'll, he'll do something and you'll be like, oh, I didn't know he had that in him. Yeah, yeah. So there's a handful of guys that have some – like I think the last one that Brooks Kepka posted, like I'm a big ASAP Rocky fan. He posted an ASAP Rocky song that was an edit into his little pre, pre-tournament practice routine, and that was great. So, yeah, guys that do that, it's a cool vibe uh, for sure. So I, I – Originally had Minwoo and Sepp Straka to make the cut, um, but I'm going to add another guy in there. Uh, and I'm going Thomas Peters, guy from Belgium. He's a live golfer. He's got kind of that European vibe to him where he's played well in Lynx courses. He's played well in the Irish Open. He's played well um, in the Scottish Open back when they were exclusively DP World Tour and European Tour events in the Rolex Series, which pretty much doesn't exist anymore. Um, but I like Thomas Peters to make the cut this week. Sepp Straka coming off the win at the John Deere a few weeks ago. He's he's a good player this week. And I love Brian Harmon, who's trending in the right direction. Top 10 at the Genesis uh, Genesis Scottish Open. He's a lefty. He's got a super low, really kind of cool ball flight, uh, which is going to pay dividends this week, I think, being able to play and toy with the win. Now, he doesn't hit it far, uh, even on a good day. So uh, that – kind of 
instills some fear in me, but that's why I only have him making a cut and not to finish in the top 10. But the, my guy to make the top 10, Robert McIntyre, almost winning this last week, finishing second runner-up to Rory McIlroy at the Scottish Open. He's another guy with a little bit more of that kind of local knowledge when it comes to playing links courses. He's played golf his entire life over uh, Scotland, England, Ireland, United Kingdom, you name it. Uh, so I like Robert McIntyre to make a top 10 this week. That leads us to our favorite prop bets of the week. Uh, what do we have? Uh, I'm starting with Victor Hovland to top five, who I talked about before. That's plus 500. I just think that, that there's a good chance he can do it. Spieth to win plus 3,300. Um, just with his with his history at the Open, I, I think those are good odds. Juiced Luton to top 20, as well as Matthew Southgate. Those are plus eight and 900. Um, those are some guys down the board that I'm playing in DFS, and I wanted a little to put a little something on them. And then my favorite bet of the week is for a European winner. I just think that I'm not afraid of many Americans besides Scotty. And I mean, plus 130 to be able to get Rom, Rory, Hovland, Fitzy, Hatton, Fleetwood. There's just so many names that I think could win it. Um, that those odds, I, I really think, especially this being in a link style course, I like a Euro to win. Uh, this week I got, I, I, this is a fun one. I, I wouldn't suggest throwing a lot on it, uh, but it's one I've never seen before. So I, I picked it a 59 or better. Uh, maybe these forecasts are wrong and somehow there's a day with three mile per hour winds. I think that could, uh, really open up the gates for maybe a 59 in a major. I mean, we've seen, uh, we haven't seen anything close to that yet, but. That would be something exciting at plus 15,000. Uh, so that's that'll get you a lot of money if you put some money on that. A dollar on it. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how you make money. That's how you get rich quick. Uh, and then Scotty top 10, automatic minus 140. If anyone has a $100 free bet, throw it on a 59 or better. Yeah. That'll definitely happen. And then a cool one um, the over under is set at 268.5 for the week. Um, for total strokes, I believe that's uh, sitting at 16 and a half under. I, I kind of like the um, the under there, meaning the winning score would be under 268, which would be 17 under or higher. And that's plus 100. So that's at even money. I think that's a, a really good one to look into. Yeah. Uh, if, if continuing the trend, if the, well, if the trend continues of what it has been at Hoylake, um, 17 under one at the last time. So that could very possibly be uh, in the equation this week. We talked about the weather a lot and Thursday is going to be the best weather day by far. As the weekend progresses, you've got rain, you've got wind moving in, uh, temperatures dropping. So I like uh, either three combo of either Rory McIlroy, John Rahm, or Colin Morikawa to be bogey-free in round one. That is in Vegas on the books at plus 280. I really think those guys are all X, Y, and Z at really they, – they can play Lynx golf very well. They're very exemplary when it comes to playing Lynx golf. Uh, all three of them have shown that in their careers. So I think either of those guys to be bogey-free on a – Fairly good weather day on Thursday in round one plus 280. I'm taking the big guns over the field 
That's plus 225 this week. I've always liked to do those. Uh, the big guns this week, Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, and John Rahm. Both Rory and Scotty, odds-on favorites at plus 750 to win the tournament. John Rahm, plus 1,300. He's a great value bet this week. So I like the big guns over the field, plus 225. Uh, and the total players under par to be under 41.5. I like that. So I'm taking uh, 41 or less players to be under par. The cut, even though it was minus 17, was a winning score in 2014, using that as a historical reference, the cut was plus two. So it's, it, yeah, you can get guys that go that catch a heater on Thursday and they go up, shoot six under in the good weather, and then they can come out and shoot four over on Friday uh, to be sitting at minus two after 36. So I feel like there's a lot of guys out there that, they can kind of catch those flyers on Thursday maybe, and then they get their teeth kicked in on Friday. Um, and then they just continue that just compounds over the weekend. So I really like total players under par, uh, under 41 and a half. That is plus 105 on the books this week in Vegas. So thank you all so much for listening to our open championship preview situation or preview episode, excuse me. Uh, we'll be coming to you next week after we have crowned a champion golfer of the year for the year 2023, Cam Smith, obviously defending. So thank you all so much for listening and catch us every week for the remainder of the season. Make sure to check out all of Impact 89 FM's other podcasts. This has been The Long Drive on Impact 89 FM.